Hi, everybody. It's me, Auntie. And I hope you guys are doing wonderful. I am feeling absolutely great. And I think today's theme is we talk about worries and stress and, you know, our mental health. Because, you know, Auntie is really big on mental health. You know, making sure, you know, if you're having problems, especially those who have gone back to school, and if something is worrying you or stressing you, make sure you talk to a friend or your favorite grown-up or somebody just so you can get some reassurance that everything's going to be okay. Now, before we get that started, today we are going to talk about the number two construction battalion. Now, the number two construction battalion, also known as the Black Battalion, is the first and only Canadian battalion composed of all Black soldiers who served in World War II. They didn't go to combat, but what they did was when they were called to duty, which was um, further down the road, I believe it was sometime in 1916, they were actually called to duty and they for war. And what they did was they built the trenches so that the soldiers who were fighting the war can hide in and rest in. They made roads so they can have paths to, to maneuver through. And they also took the bodies of deceased soldiers and buried them appropriately or placed them away appropriately for for them to return home and they were built in Nova Scotia they were created in Nova Scotia and what is so great is the person who led the black battalion we talked about her we talked about Portia White well her father Reverend William A. White was the first black officer in the British military and he helped create the number two construction battalion and so that's a neat connection right there. And I, uh, the reason why they created this only black battalion is because many of these soldiers tried to join the military and they were told no, because you're black. You're not what we're looking for. We don't want you. And it was hard for them to sit back and know that during World War I, there was so much going on that they couldn't they weren't allowed to to help contribute to this so that's when they wrote letters and begged and pleaded so they were a non-combat though that means they didn't get the weapons or anything to fight they just help provide what the other soldiers needed in order to to fight the good fight um Unfortunately, when they came back home, they were treated like they did nothing, that they didn't really contribute to the war. But as time passed and their children got, you know, these soldiers' children got older and they had grandchildren, it was realized, no, they needed to be honored also. So it started to get into the works since 1981, to get into the works during um you know, Remembrance Day and stuff to to honor these veterans because they did contribute. If they weren't the ones building the trenches and 
creating the roads and providing all this help towards the the white soldiers that were fighting the war, the white soldiers would have had to do it themselves and wouldn't have been able to focus on trying to defeat their enemy. So every time um, Remembrance Day now comes around, you just remember that we need to honor the number two construction battalion or the black battalion because they did do a huge contribution when they didn't have to. There was about 605 of those soldiers that went out and helped when they didn't have to, to fight the fight. So just to remember that. Okay, so let's get started with our story. You know, today's story is about worry. And you could be like the happiest person on this planet, but there's always a little something that makes you worry. Maybe you worry about the way you look or you worry about your school marks or worry about that you can't tie your shoes or cut a straight line with a pair of scissors. And sometimes those things bother you. And when you don't talk about it, eventually it weighs heavier and heavier to a point it makes you sad. So this story is Ruby finds a worry. And Ruby, Ruby had a worry. And it's written by Tom Percival. So let's take a look at how she solved dealing with her first worry. Ruby finds a worry. Ruby loved being Ruby. She loved to swing up high and she loved to explore wild, faraway places. Sometimes she even went all the way to the very bottom of the garden. Ruby was perfectly happy until one day she discovered a worry. It wasn't a very big worry. In fact, it was so small that at first Ruby hardly noticed it. But then the worry started to grow. Each day it got a little bit bigger. It just wouldn't leave her alone. It was there at breakfast, staring at her over the cereal box. And it was still there at night when she brushed her teeth. The funny thing was that no one else could see Ruby's worry. Not even her teacher. So Ruby pretended that she couldn't see it either. She tried to carry on as if everything was normal, but it just wasn't. The worry was always there, stopping her from doing the things that she loved. Ruby wondered if the worry would ever go away. What if it didn't? What if it stayed with her forever? Ruby didn't realize it but she was doing the worst thing she could ever do with a worry. She was worrying about it. Now the worry was enormous. It could barely fit in the kitchen at dinner time. It filled up half the school bus. And it took up whole rows at the movie theater. The worry became the only thing that Ruby could think about and it seemed like she would never feel happy again. Then one day, something unexpected happened. Ruby noticed a boy sitting alone at the park. 
he looked how she felt sad. And then she noticed something else, something hovering next to him. Could it be a worry? It was. Ruby realized that she wasn't the only person with a worry after all. Other people had them too. She asked the boy what was on his mind. And as he told her, the strangest thing happened. His worry began to shrink. Then Ruby did the best thing she can ever do if you have a worry. She talked about it. As the words tumbled about, Ruby's worry began to shrink until it was barely there at all. Soon, both of their worries were gone. Finally, Ruby felt like herself again. Of course, that wasn't the last time she ever had a worry. Everyone gets them time to time. But now that she knew how to get rid of them, they never hung around her for long. The end. I love that story because we do. We all get worries. We all get something on our mind that weighs so heavily and you don't feel like you can talk about it, but you can. And that always eases away because sometimes somebody says something to you and tells you something to make that worry disappear. And we'll always have worries. We'll worry about For instance, right now, as we walk around with masks, we worry about how long we're going to be wearing them. We worry about sometimes when bullies pick on us due to the color of our skin. And we worry that we're too different than anybody else. But there's nothing wrong with being different. There's absolutely nothing wrong. It's actually the best thing you could ever be is different. Because if everybody was the same, we couldn't tell each other apart now, could we? Before I wanted to end this podcast, I recently found a beautiful children's poetry book called Brown Honey in Brown Wheat Tea. And it's poems by Joyce Carol Thompson, and it's illustrated by Floyd Cooper. And I thought it'd be nice occasionally, especially when the stories are just a little bit shorter than usual, to read one of their poems from their book. And I honestly recommend sometimes to have a poetry book because sometimes poetry uplifts you and it could be an affirmation or just remind you of something that'll make you smile. So one of the poems I wanted to read um, is from the title of the book, Brown Honey in Broom Wheat Tea. My mother says, I am brown honey in broom wheat tea. My father calls me the sweet water of his days. Yet they warn there are those who have brewed a bitter potion for children kissed long by the sun. Therefore, I approach the cup slowly, but first I ask, who set this table? That is a very powerful poem, just like how we talked about Ruby and her worries. The lesson her parents are teaching her is your tea will be wonderful if it's people who love you and are there for you. And ever so often, there are people who pretend to love you and care for you 
and give you a not so nice tasting tea. And so you always must ask yourself before taking the tea or anything from somebody is, what type of person are you and what are you trying to give me? So anyways, that is it for me today. Um, Actually, I wanted to share some wonderful news and it just made me feel so wonderful. Um, I have, we have 22 countries that are listening to Storytime with the Auntie. And why this makes me feel so wonderful is that means the Black history is being spread throughout the world. The Black Canadian history is being spread throughout the world. And the beautiful books that are written about Black children and Black families is being spread throughout the world. And I would love for this to keep continuing because it brings us together. It makes us understand one another better. It, it's nice to share it and it allows the art that people took time to write these wonderful books. It shows it's spreading. People are hearing it from many ends of the world. So if you ever get an opportunity, please keep liking, following and sharing and Let's let's make sure we can get this in every corner of our planet, that everybody can understand Black Canadian history and listen to beautiful books that are diverse, that are diverse. <laughs> okay, so that's it for me today. And remember, I am proud to be Black because Black looks good on me and it does look good on you. So you guys have a great week. And this time, I promise Auntie will be doing Instagram Live this Monday at 7 p.m., okay? So you guys take care. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.